Coming up on the show this week, news regarding expanded World Cups, a wrap of the Scotland Island Women's Series, a look to the Quibuka Women's Tournament, and part two of our chat with Chad Soper. But first, a shout out to those who support us on Patreon. If you're passionate about cricket in the associate world and beyond, you can help us grow from as little as $2 a month by becoming an emerging cricket patron. To sign up, log on to Patreon. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash emerging cricket. A final note before we get started today, after recording our chat, Uganda was a late withdrawal from the Kubuka Women's Tournament due to positive COVID tests in the camp. We send our best wishes to everyone in Uganda and extend that to everyone around the world going through the pandemic. Hello and welcome to the Emerging Cricket Podcast online and on Sport FM in Perth. I'm Daniel Peswick. As usual, I'm joined by Nick Skinner and Tim Cutler. Boys, how's things? Tim, as I see over there in Villa, you're looking as relaxed as ever on another lovely uh, evening over there. How are you? I'm good. It's been full on. T20 finals day on Saturday, so it was my first chance to sort of watch two full-length matches and the weather turned it on. It was great to see the talent and passion out there. So, yeah, long old weekend and now now back into it. And here I am in one layer outside and I can see you in multiple layers. Uh, How are you going, Daniel? It's turning. It's very much turning. I think last weekend was probably the coldest I've been so far this year. And yeah, we've just what come into the first week of winter when everyone listens to this here in Sydney. And I can confirm, yeah, not the warmest part of the world right about now. But I've got to say, we don't have it too bad. The apartment block I'm in is not too bad in terms of uh, keeping the warmth. And I'm feeling okay generally. Thank you for asking, Tim. Nick, a little bit further north than me, up the M1. How goes it? What's been happening in, in your world? Not not much warmer than you, Bez, but, um, you know, just plugging along. Got a lot of cricket stuff back on again. Got some live matches to follow. Yeah, life, life's all right. A lot of work, a lot of cricket. That's pretty much it. Yeah, by the time everyone listens to this, the ODI Super League action between the Netherlands and Ireland will be in progress. We'll make sure to wrap all of that uh, on next week's show. But in terms of action that we did have last week, we saw Ireland take on Scotland in four T20 internationals at Stormont. Uh, a 3-1 series victory for Ireland. They didn't have it their own way, down 1-0 to, to come back and romp home to take the series. A superb bowling effort in the first game by Scotland to restrict Ireland and defend a miserly total of 87, but it's fair to say the bowlers dominated in this one, Nick. And just looking at at some of the scores across the matches, bowling was queen here in this instance, but fair play to to Ireland to turn it on after losing that first game in soccer conditions to take the uh, other three matches. Yeah, I think Scotland, they'll probably be a bit disappointed that they couldn't at least square the series. The bowlers bailed them out in the first game. Um, You know, they, they didn't pass 100 in any match, so clearly... The batting was was the issue for them, and you know you, you can't always rely on the bowlers to you know to defend under a hundred. So yeah, they, they'll definitely need to um, improve with the bat. It, it, I mean, it's hard to sort of judge how much this says about either team. They haven't played for almost two years. I think the last game either of them played was in September 2019, which is yeah quite a long time ago when you think about it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be panicking, but Scotland. Outside of the Bryce sisters and um, you know, Ab- Abtar M- Maksud looked good in one game. Katie McGill bowled okay. So uh, they, they have a few players, but they, they are a bit thin. And, and this is just a problem for a lot of 
associate women's teams is that they have a, a you know a couple of genuinely world class players and then they're sort of making up the numbers and you know that's not to say that the, the Scots aren't committed and and you know they all train hard and, and work hard and they're you know balancing their lives you know Maxwood's a <laughs> studying dentistry as as we saw in a, a fantastic piece from Hannah on emerging cricket but yeah so just the fact that they they're not able to have that same depth as, as Ireland has. And I mean, even Ireland, when facing up against other full members, has has looked thin as well. So it's it's a perennial problem in women's cricket, pretty much outside the top three countries, the big three, really. I mean, even South Africa, who's probably the best of the rest, are very patchy a lot of the time and don't have that much depth compared to their men's team. So uh, this is just women's cricket and um, Scotland will look to improve. But without the funding necessary, it's it's hard to sort of break out of that cycle. Tim, looking at both of these teams and T20 World Cup qualification around the corner, August still slated for the Europe qualifier. We haven't heard anything otherwise in regards to that. Four matches in the middle of late May. Do you think that gives a fair test for the players as well as the coaching staff looking to try and put together a team for August? The conditions are going to be markedly different, I would imagine, but it's not a big sample size and we lament the lack of matches from an associate point of view, just how much can you take out of, well, you know, 80 overs potentially with the bat and 80 overs potentially with the ball? Well, you like a lot of the cricket world at the moment, you do the best you can. I think the, the fact that they got this series going is we are seeing qualifying events, male and female, well, mainly male, be postponed or even cancelled at the moment. I think this may have just been a situation of making hay in May, while the sun shines. Sorry, that just came to me as I was, I was talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure whether we've seen any other fixtures slated for for later in the the northern summer. Um, I think they would have been announced and and celebrated if so. So. I think it's just a matter of do the best they can domestic cricket. And you never know. We might see something very similar to this later and closer to, to the event. But dearie me, we're talking about qualifiers at the moment. And we've seen what's all ha- already happened to a couple of sub-regionals. And, you know, looking from an East Asia Pacific point of view, there's not a lot of movement in the countries that are, are supposed to be hosting. So I guess it's on one hand, hold your breath and hope we're able to get those, those events and how you prepare. But again, there's so many unknowns. So like I said, I, I think this is both teams just doing the best they can when they can and uh, training hard in the meantime. Not, not, not much else you can do in the, this world at the moment, is there? Yeah, and thinking of, of Birmingham 2022 as well, definitely for Scotland, we're not sure what Ireland's stance from, from the north is in regards to that as well. But to look at, at Scotland's tribulations first, Nick, and... Going down, as we said, 3-1 in the series after winning the first match and their bowling getting them through to basically save the day. But looking at the, the batting outside of the Bryce sisters and even with Sarah struggling with the bat, only averaging 8.5 of the series, between the two of them, they scored 130 runs for the series. That The Scots only scored 355 runs in total. So they scored over a third of the total runs for Scotland, even with Sarah struggling, which makes me think that from a batting point of view, there's not a whole lot of production there. But from the bowling side of things, as you mentioned, Abtar Maksud looked pretty solid with, with the ball in hand. McGill taking wickets as well. It's the classic associate member thing, isn't it? Where bowling seems to really dominate and the bowling side seems to be okay. It's just mustering up the, the totals or chasing those targets that seems the most difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's something... I mean, we, we don't necessarily know the answers to why this is, but I, 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 my theory is that it's a lot to do with just match practice and yeah. just getting 
a lot of cricket in because batting is something that you need to kind of be doing in a match to, to you know, you can play in the nets, but it's never quite the same. So I just think, you know, they need to play a lot more cricket and that's about all there is to it. And sadly, that's not necessarily going to be possible um, at the moment. Although, you know, they, they have played, some of the players in both teams have played a decent amount of cricket. Uh, we saw a couple of milestones uh, in this series, which was nice. Uh, Laura Delaney, the, the captain for Ireland, became their most capped women in T20 internationals. And on the Scottish side, Abby Atkin Drummond broke uh, Carrie Carswell's record for most Scottish women's caps. Um, so, so that was good. Um, and another record, uh, we saw Sarah Bryce take four stumpings in the first game, which equals the T20 record. Uh, but there's actually, a, I'll, I'll give you guys a little trivia challenge. There's an associate connection with the only person to take five stumpings in an innings of international cricket oh was it a male wicketkeeper and was he born in Papua New Guinea it was a male wicketkeeper he was not born in Papua New Guinea okay when you say associate connection was it by an associate team or by a full member player against an associate team it was a full member player Oh, now I don't really care as much about the record. No, uh, come on, give us more information. Come on, we got we got uh, Daniel Weston is driving at two hundred miles an hour down the autobahn, <laughs> listening to us saying, "Come on, he knows this one." It was an Indian who has subsequently worked in the USA. Kieran Moray got it. Yes, yeah, five stumpings in an innings. It was in a test match. <laughs> I, I look. Nicholas, that's that's tenuous, tenuous, <laughs> very tenuous. <laughs> if we were at a trivia night right now, there'd be booing from the table. <laughs> there would be. Well, you're you're an actual <laughs> trivia master, Bez. How? What would? Yeah. Yeah, I have experienced that booing firsthand. I know what it's like. <laughs> and Nick, I won't be. I won't subject you to that because I know how it feels. I thought I thought you were a decent <laughs> trivia master, actually. <laughs> I I enjoyed doing it. I'll I'll do it again. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the pub's shut down since then. Yeah, that I, yeah, it shut down. That the one that I was doing it. I don't know if I uh you know pushed them down that that path. Unfortunately, but well, yeah. I don't know, Biz. Once we open up our Twitter Spaces chat, we could potentially do emerging cricket trivia. Mm, we could live we could. over the wireless. It's definitely something that I have thought about, but. Look, uh, another thing I did notice, I assume Mary Waldron is stuck in Australia and not keeping. They had Shauna Kavanagh keep for Ireland, who has actually taken a T20 international wicket for Ireland as well, hence a testament to her versatility as well. And uh, another Australian connection, Celeste Rack, probably uh, the pick of the bowlers, at least in, in Nick's mind. A great series, but again, we hope to see more international cricket of this type and a chance for a lot of these players to chip away before those World Cup qualifiers. And I think you're right on that theory too. Nick, I think bowling is very much a, a routine, whereas batting is very reactionary. And I think that a match practice is well. I think the, the nets are no substitute for for match practice. That's probably up. I'm probably on the same page as you there. Uh, again, yeah, we hope to see some more international fixtures for all of these guys in, in the coming months uh, before T20 World Cup qualifying and beyond. Let's move on quickly to the Kwabuka tournament in Africa to stick with some more women's cricket. Turns into a six-team tournament and it will begin uh, by the time you probably listen to this on the 6th of June. Two groups of three, a double round robin format, Nick. So instead of everyone playing everyone once, we have teams in the same group playing each other twice. An interesting format, but we all know the significance of the Booker tournament, at least the three of us here. How important is this tournament for not only women's international cricket, but but what they're actually playing for, what the tournament actually symbolizes and uh, commemorates? 
Yeah, so so the tournament itself is part of um, sort of national commemorations in Rwanda around this time of year that they do every year to to commemorate the 1994 genocide and and you know celebrate the survivors of that. Um, so I think it's a very um, it's a very worthy tournament and and it's it's the kind of thing that it's it shows the best of cricket and of sport you know bringing people together to come together for healing and um you know put aside their um, past problems so I, I think it's a it's a really brilliant tournament and looking ahead to this one you know I, i'm always happy to see tournaments get expanded to see more teams we, you know we're there's a lot of rumblings around the world cup doing that um and good good to see this african tournament for women's cricket as well you know it's got six teams now uh, Botswana, Namibia, Nigeria, Rwanda, Uganda, and Kenya. Um, and it's interesting that Kenya's sort of uh, a late inclusion. Uh, they they sat out the 2019 edition um, because they couldn't afford to send a team, and um, obviously the 2020 uh, one didn't happen due to obvious reasons. Um, Mali, who were there in 2019 and, and caused a bit of a stir when when they got you know they, a lot of records tumbled when Mali were playing, um, and you know probably not records that Mali are necessarily happy to hold, but um, it was it was good that they were there, and you know there was a coup in Mali I think last week, um, and you know some some political instability that's been ongoing for a while, so that's probably why they're not sending a team this year. Tanzania is a bit more of a mystery. They were the defending champions from 2019, so it's, it's a bit strange that they're not coming back, but yeah, looking ahead, I, I think probably Namibia is the team to beat. They were the ones who qualified out of Africa, um, albeit uh, due to Zimbabwe being suspended in, in 2019. Um, they made it to the global qualifiers, although... Again, you know, none of these teams have played for almost two years, so it's a bit hard to gauge, you know, who, who, who's going to be playing well since no one's been playing recently. Yeah, Nicholas, you're, you're normally on these things, but Suraj Karavadra has just been announced as the Uganda women's coach, the Lady Cricket Cranes, and we know how much energy there is around the game there. I guess they won't be playing each other in the in the rounds and, and as you said, you know, with more teams coming in, that's good, but with six teams, I'm guessing... They were restricted by the number of days there, but you think six teams, like a good old World Cricket League, mm. and especially since it's T20, potentially getting a chance to play each other once and then go into a into a finals day because, you know, how often do we get to see regional tournaments, continental-based tournaments like this outside of ICC events? So that would have been nice to see everyone play everyone. And again, from a <laughs> that magic word rankings point of view to to get an adjustment there as opposed to the the double round robin that we're going to see um yeah yeah i mean it is disappointing and i agree i I would have liked to have seen every team play each other just to get a bit more of a gauge of of where they all stand in relation to each other but you know if you step back we're we're quibbling over the a a slight change in format and you know there's still a six-team women's cricket competition happening in africa that's not you know sponsored by the icc so i think you know the things that we're complaining about show that that, the progress is definitely happening um, and and a six-team African women's cricket tournament uh, with some quality African names. You know, uh, the Nigerian side has uh, has Salome Sunday, which I think is my new favourite cricket player's name in any cricket. Salome Sunday and um, Miracle Imamole, perfect for headlines. So hopefully she does something special, in, and uh, we see Nigeria upset some more fancied opponents. Once again, the Kwabuka Women's Tournament begins on the 6th of June and goes all the way to the 12th. A double round robin with two groups of three. Rwanda, Botswana, Uganda make up Group A. Kenya, Namibia and Nigeria make up Group B. Hello, I'm Norman Vanua. I play for PNG. I am a bowling all-rounder and you're listening to the Imagine Cricket Podcast. <laughs>
In welcome news this week, the Men's ODI World Cup will once again feature 14 teams from 2027 after the ICC board decided to expand the tournament in its next cycle of events. The decision came after a meeting on Tuesday, along with several changes to the ICC events calendar from 2023 to 2031, including an expanded 20-team Men's T20 World Cup to be held every two years. The teams will begin in four groups of five, with the top two entering the Super 8 stage. The T20 World Cups are scheduled for 2024, 2026, 2028 and 2030. For more news and events from the game's new world, make sure to log on to EmergingCricket.com. But now, coming up, part two of our chat with PNG all-rounder Chad Soper. Ciao ragazzi, sono Fabio Marabini della Federazione Cricket Italiana e benvenuti all'Emerging Cricket Podcast. Talking about PNG and, and the connections with, with Australia, do you think this might you know, be a loaded question, but do you think Cricket Australia and, and PNG could potentially work together a little bit more in the overall game development in, in Papua New Guinea being so close as neighbours? Oh, Bez, I, I, I would love that. And I, I know that... Um... I know that there's a there's a strong PNG community in nearly every state that we've played here in, um, and that that would be pushing for that as well, and be be very encouraged to see that, you know. And um, yeah, no, I, I I would hope for I would hope so, um, especially now, um, you know, considering there's almost like a bubble over the Pacific and um, and you know Australia and New Zealand. There's 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 a I don't want to throw it out there, but there's a greater chance there should be um, even in the planning just to at least get some something going there. Um, because it, it's it's what the it's what the game needs in in PNG and these specific nations they need that support or they need that they get the support but they don't they need they need the cricket and they need the exposure um, in just to uh, like it just bring it'll just bring more to the game it's just like rugby league you know if you compare it to rugby league in PNG at the moment these guys that are playing in the NRL at the moment are given an opportunity to you know have a crack and play against some of the best in the game. Um, and they're making their name known, but they're also making their country known. You know, like, and I think that's important that you know that happens with cricket as well. And in, in, you know, it has its own time, and I'm sure it will in its own time. But um, I just think that the opportunity needs to come, and it needs to be there for you know, um, even if you know if it takes a, a like an island, like a like they used to do with the country cricket, how they'd have the um, EAP side. You know, even if it's more fixtures for the EAP or something like that along the lines, um, that'd be awesome. You know. Well, you got Tim there to to kind of fight that front as well, because yeah, the 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 country Australian Championships had that East Asia Pacific team, and you you would have played in that um, on multiple occasions. I'm guessing. No, I, I haven't got a chance. I was going to, and then they they stopped for a bit. Oh. And we, we well, we had a few other competitions to go, so I was actually looking forward to that. But uh, might have to. I could play for New South Wales country too if I get a crack. So yeah, that would be the Chad Soper Derby, <laughs> New South Wales country against EAP. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> the rugby league is is huge in in Papua New Guinea. You know, we're well aware and. Even talking to some of the Barramundis while we're in Namibia and talking about rugby league, and and CJ just professed his love for the Storm because of Marcus By, you know, growing up and and that influence. You've got Justin Nolan there now for the Storm, and PNG is is a hotbed of talent in in rugby league. We know that. Can you see a, a similar potential for cricket? We know that there's a couple of really big places where cricket is is almost the 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 big sport. You know, the Hanabata Village. We talked about that with with Norman and, and a couple other places around. Do you think cricket can sort of propel itself to being that equivalent summer sport as rugby league is is to winter? Oh, definitely. I think that's the that's the beauty of this World Cup opportunities, you know, is that we get to you get the 
boys get to their families get to see them play on TV. Um, an opportunity to, you know, they're they going to stream. I'm think, pretty sure they're going to stream. They were going to stream the Australian games. Like, and I know that when we have played overseas, TV One has put on uh, and MTV have put on our games on on one of the channels and streamed it live over there. And I think it's huge to see your family members and because they're a very big, uh, you know, family's huge over there in PNG. It's like priority number one. You know, your family first always. And when you see your family representing your name and your country on on their jersey, and it's it's a huge thing. You know, um, so I think that'll be the biggest thing. You always see. Um, like, so most of the time, you'll see a lot of guys and girls walking around with rugby league jerseys of their team um, around PNG. But, you know, there's when the Barramundis are playing, you'll see Barramundis get, kit getting worn around um, a fair bit as well. And whether that's by um, by family giving it or passing along or if it's been taken off the, um, the clothesline on the way in the village. But um, <laughs> I remember one time walking down Hanobata Village and seeing someone wearing one of my jerseys. And I was like, I did not... <laughs> I'm not putting my jersey. I didn't on. consent to this. Um, but you know, like it's it. Yeah, they, they wear the PNG people wear. Our, we wear our colours with pride always, and um, you know, it'd be awesome to see uh, what happens after a World Cup. You know, being on TV, and even if we win a, manage to win a few games um, against some big teams, it'll be huge for the country of PNG for sure. Now you you mentioned that um, the local support you got in various places around Australia. I'm thinking back to the Intercontinental Cup game against Ireland in Townsville, where there's there's a pretty big sort of local PNG population in Townsville, and and um, I, I was I was there and I, I saw that game, and there was a really good turnout from the local Papuan you know population, and and, and so I'm just thinking has. Cricket PNG tried sort of activating more of that PNG diaspora in Australia and, you know, maybe finding players there or, or finding more connections there? Yeah, for sure. I, I know a lot of the, um, just like taking you back to that uh, Townsville uh, game, uh, so uh, Nossa Pakana was playing uh, in their local comp back then as well in, in before that series. And uh, so he had a few fan favourites around um, uh, gracing the ground, so of the female population. So I just want to throw that out there before. So that's <laughs> most of them were there. That, most of them were there to see Nossa Bowl. So that's, um, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much now for free. Um, uh, the Every, every state we've played in and every comp we've played in around Queensland, around, especially around Queensland, but even Darwin, um, even when we were luckily to play down here in Sydney as well, um, against some of the New South Wales boys, we, the, the crowd, the people that they, they they hear it, and there's always someone's aunties around, and they know that you're going to be there. So, you know, family come, and it's 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 awesome. You know, it's one of the best things. And there's a they they I feel like um you know if we can't get any cricket back home in PNG, then you know the next best thing is to move our games to you know Brisbane or Townsville or something. If that if that was ever a, you know a, an opportunity to do that, because I think we'd still get just as bigger crowds there for those games as well if you know if it, if it ever came to that with co- like obviously COVID speaking so yeah especially if Nisana's bowling eh <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a, the, the story of Nisana's just got me sort of tickled a little bit that's good <laughs> to be honest I did, wasn't really expecting that it's just come out of nowhere I love that good art. I had to throw that out there. He's <laughs> <laughs> thrown every single one of his Barramundi teammates under the bus. <laughs> Huge fan of it. You, you'll be careful. You, first meeting, you know, when you guys meet up again, you know, you need to be careful. You might rock up 
and uh, be handed the red jacket. Oh, no chance. No chance. No, nah, I'm always safe. Do you say you're still undefeated? Still haven't had to... Uh... Yep, still undefeated. When you're in a team with Kiplin, you are always safe. <laughs> There's always some something that he's done, and I keep a, I keep a track always. I've got a good memory, Bez, so, you know. Just... So, got, you don't need the Excel spreadsheet to work out who spent the most time in the in the PNG red blazer. Although I do remember, I think it was at the qualifier and watching the, the TV packages at the start. And I think the first time I ever saw it, when, you know, they show you guys walking out of the team bus, I think it was Simon Attai with like the biggest smile on his face, rocking this red blazer in slow-mo, walking past the camera. I was like, <laughs> why is Simon wearing this jacket? Can someone please tell me the story of this jacket? And luckily enough, we had Norman not long after that, you know, enlighten us on, on what that was all about, which is a big part of, you know, of a team. We've We've all got certain things similar to that, but... I think that's just something that, you know, and you would agree that, that kind of help you guys together even more. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's important to have that um, have that banter and have that in the group, you know. And I, I know Joey was big on it um, when he first came in and and um, any any form of punishment for the boys just to keep them, you know, keep everyone in check and keep everyone on their toes. Uh, yeah, no, it helps big time in any team environment. It helps with the, the discipline of the team. Uh, what One of the, the, the last points we've, we've kind of got in our kind of list of questions is that for you growing up, you would have dreamed to, to, to play for probably Australia growing up, you know, growing up playing, playing your cricket there. And now you, you've, you've traveled the world and you've played international cricket for, for, for PNG, you know, another home of yours. And, and you've, you know, been lucky. You can, you can call several places home. Was that much of a pivot i mean you're still kind of living the dream playing international cricket traveling around the world and playing with as you said your brothers now you probably wouldn't have it any other way than than the way you've got it right now uh yeah bez i i agree um i you get to an age in um in new south wales cricket and and usually they that's kind of your time you know and i when i got my opportunity with the barriers that was probably at that time when i was in the middle of deciding whether i wanted to keep chasing chasing to play international cricket and then I got given an opportunity to play in a competition that I never thought I'd play in and and uh, been to some places that I never thought I'd go to um and now I'm so grateful for the opportunity I'm just I'm I'm grateful for every game and it's taught me a lot about myself traveling around with people from where I'm you know my mother's country as well you know so uh yeah no, I, I it's one of the best like I said it's one of the best teams you'll I'll have ever I'll ever be involved with and a team that's you know so selfless and um, would you know give off their jersey for the guy next to them on the field? You know if they had to. You know these guys they fight for their spots in the team, but they also they respect the they respect the nation and they respect their teammates just as much. So uh, what a team! Yeah, it's awesome. It sounds like they'd give the the shirts off their back for for someone taking it off the clothesline as well. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, which, you know yeah, it can happen. It can happen. <laughs> we 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 talked about Nasana Pakana and how he takes really big scouts you've played against a lot of really good cricketers who's your big scout who's the big fish in the in the chad soper uh the, the chad soper sort of pocket trophy cabinet in the notebook in the note yeah the keswick williams notebook <laughs> <laughs> um i don't uh there's i've played a lot of i've played a long time um we've, we've played a lot of players uh so when he starts listing them out yeah. I, i've got a list but i'm not gonna read them all um indulge indulge <laughs> I have got a list. I, I I just wanted to. There's one day where I actually just was like, I just want to. I just want to find out and just write them down, just to, just to have it there and just to one day look back and go, oh, I'm proud of that, you know. So um, I'm not going to go through the list, but some of the the memorable ones were um, 
like Darcy Short, got him out a few times when we played the Indigenous team um, in five games. I think I got him out two, maybe two or three times um, in the in those games, which was pretty cool because we all, like for me personally, some of the boys are funny because you know, like they're not enoughy like I uh, like we are. Sorry, um, but <laughs> the inclusive language, I love this. <laughs> I had to change that, but he's he was on the you know he was like on the brink and he was dominating Big Bash and. Um, so I got, yeah, managed to get, um, him a few times. So I, for myself, that was like, that was a big thing for me. Um, Benny Dunk, um, and, um, Dolan from, um, uh, Tasmania when we played Tassie, a few of those boys as well, which was, um, awesome to be a part of. I, I, like I, like I said, I just take every game and I'm just grateful for every opportunity to play against some of these, some of these awesome players. You know, I never got managed. I played Michael Clark twice, still haven't got him out. So that couldn't, couldn't claim that one, but, uh, you know, other, uh, another one that stands out was Johan uh, Botha, uh, the South African. Yeah, he played for Mossman um, in a game with Brett Lee as well playing. And, yeah, he uh, I managed to – I was lucky enough to get him out somehow. He just missed a straight one and <laughs> played, played – must have played for a spin or something and missed it and um, <laughs> got the LB. So um, I was the only one appealing as well, by the way. But, uh, thanks, boys. But, uh, yeah. Always got to ask the question, mate. <laughs> you got to ask, you know. You just got to ask. Um, but yeah, no, I've, yeah, there's been a few, but there's, it's just, it's just been, a, like I said, I'm just blessed to be able to play cricket and let alone play cricket, but also play against some of the, some of these awesome players that we have been around, you know. Um, talking to Norman, um, he talked about some of the sort of social projects that the team's doing back in PNG. I don't, I'm just wondering if you're like involved at all with that or like, like the role models and the anti-domestic violence campaign stuff. Oh yeah, no, no. See, I, see I've been home since dubai um but i yeah no i but i've been you know they, they fill me in and they make sure that i'm like i buy into it and they, you know like i have an idea of what's going on and i can you know if there's any way i can help um i i help out and but um yeah no i, I just yeah i've been here so yeah no social media mate i'm the social media captain for a while and then whenever <laughs> we go on tour I'll, that, that'll be me posting on the instagram so <laughs> ah good that's that's good some inside info there yeah the so like the logistics of like your travel right because you're not with the the group mm-hmm. what's it how how is that organized like do you, do you meet up you've got to do a kind of two extra flights compared to to the rest of the boys when when going on your sort of international adventures is that is that tricky who who organizes that do you have to sort that out personally or does that get sorted out by cricket png uh cricket png uh yeah cricket png and they sort out my flights um and yeah, it's you know where we live, and I usually get the first flight out in the morning, uh, which is always a fun time, and I'm always grateful for the free flights, and that's where it stops. <laughs> <laughs> they are early starts, and by the time I get there, usually in the afternoons, I fall asleep for the till the next day because um, yeah, it can be a couple of flights sometimes, but again, very grateful. And um, yeah, no, it's it's all PNG run, and I'm you know like I said before, I'm like I'm very grateful and blessed to be a part of it. And uh, so I usually go via Brisbane and then uh, meet the boys up up in um, PNG for camp before we fly out to. Um, if we fly overseas, uh, it can vary. Sometimes I'll meet them in like the halfway point, like 
like a Singapore or something. Uh, but this depends on what's available but, and uh, what, what Credit PNG organised for me, which is uh, awesome. It, it doesn't seem to be a problem on the way there. It always seems more difficult to adjust, you know, coming back, yeah. jet lag and all that. But yeah, as someone who can attest for that, that trip down the freeway <laughs> and then, you know, to an airport and getting there like three or four hours before a flight, you've got to, uh, you've got to factor quite a little bit of... Uh, time there I'm, I'm just imagining chad with his uh, cricket png kit sitting on the on the city rail train all the way down <laughs> it's been done countless times like i'm talking <laughs> and then i'm getting there and i'm going how much is my baggage allowance again and there's been a fair <laughs> few times where i've been over excess baggage and i've had to fix it up and cricket png are great and they reimburse but there's sometimes where the ticket will read one thing and the booking is not that and it's been uh, great. It's, been it's a good great thing fun. that there's no other cars on the road down if I could drive it at three o'clock in the in the morning. Correct. <laughs> Grateful to have moved, you know, south of the of the Brooklyn Bridge and don't have to deal with that as much. Although we don't have any international flights to worry about at the moment, unfortunately. Yes. Uh now we ask everyone here at the Emerging Cricket Podcast chat and we tried to give you a fair bit of notice here if there was a law you could change in the game of cricket what would it be and why now it's tougher for all-rounders i've noticed because they tend to favor one side for this law change but being quite capable at both i'm quite interested to see what your what your take on this is so i used to talk about this when i was playing at gordon with one of my old teammates um just about different things that were just outrageous uh we used to talk about uh, different pitches, like half one half green, one half like a dust bowl, uh, like at like a, on the oh, same ground, yeah. like that tennis match with Federer and Nadal. Yes, yes, exactly like that. So <laughs> one end is just hell, and the other end is good, or you know, one end is ragging, and the other end is um, yeah, bouncy, and you know. Um, so we used to talk about we used to talk about that. Um, I think. I've got a few that I want to throw out there, but I just I just want to know. I want to know. This like, man has an, a list. Someone give me an example. I'm a big man of lists, uh, <laughs> but I um, I'll, I'll give me an example of one that's been thrown out. Has anyone like? Because I'm not going to use it, but I just want an example. We've had a lot of mancad chat. We've had a bit of double play chat. What else have we had? I don't think we've had hybrid wickets before like that. That that's the first. Uh, not counting leg buys. Not counting leg buys. Hmm. My one is getting rid of super overs for non-knockout games. That's that's my sort of pet peeve. Forever a traditionalist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think um, the ball being uh, dead if you strike it, if you throw the ball at the stumps and you hit the stumps, and that would help PNG because they always hit the stumps. In the <laughs> yeah, sort of. There's been a been a couple of funny, funky ones, but no, I think that's that's a lot of a lot of run out at the uh, the bowlers' ends. Uh, clarification uh, yeah, and also uh, one short or otherwise of you know what we should do about batters backing up too far at the non-strikers end um, etc so we've basically covered all those ones so I'm hoping you've got about five more on your list <laughs> okay so well yeah I'll throw out hybrid wickets is in there like that's that's probably like number five on my list hybrid wickets so <laughs> it's like family um, feud yeah. we asked yeah. we asked a hundred of Chad, uh, so- Chad Soper's <laughs> late late nights when he couldn't sleep and these are his top five answers <laughs> yes that's exactly right that's my list um hybrid wickets I'd also um talk about so batsmen when batsmen change stance so when they when they switch it it doesn't matter where the ball goes um like pitching wise if it's hit on the pads it's just out like if he gets hit on the pads if he's switching stands 
no matter what line it is, it's just you can't get hit on the pads. Like you just can't get it's just out. Oh. It's just like you <laughs> like you can't miss it. If you think you're good enough to switch hit and you think you're so good at using your bat and you want to change stance and hit it somewhere else, if you get hit on the body like in the pads, that is just out. That's just out. Like don't get hit. Like if you're gonna change around then you know, good luck to you. I well it definitely I- simplifies the rule around oh, was it our pitching outside leg? Yeah. The other one was um, another one I had. Like I said, at least <laughs> if a batsman charges you, you're allowed to beam him. <laughs> I think that was an old quirk of the law, wasn't it, many, many years ago, that if you charge, or at least I know, I remember being beamed in indoor cricket. So, oh, now you're charged, so you can do that. No, it's hard it to just be, beam you. It should just be, oh, Bez, relax. <laughs> I think it should just be just... <laughs> Actually, I reckon it should just be game on. Like, if you're going to walk at me, then I can I can do whatever I want, and I can aim at your face if I have to. Because as a bowler, there's nothing worse as a quick, and then you got this guys like Matty Hayden walking down at you, and then you, you just go, "Well, it doesn't matter where I'm bowling; he's going to hit me out of the park." So at least I can just throw one at his a bit more higher up above that ball side. There's no no ball called, you know. So yeah, hybrid wickets, beamers, and changing stance. Don't get hit on the. Don't get just don't get hit. That's all the bats for. Um, that's my. I'll go with those three. <laughs> so we're calling. Ch- we're calling Chad a bowling all rounder now after after those proposed changes because they they only support one side there and it's definitely not with, for game. the bloke with uh, a bat in his hand. Batter's game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, we need we need all these supposed laws to to bring the balance back. I don't see anything wrong with it, but I'm in the minority here. I think you're also a, a batsman, so <laughs> I need all the help I can get as a bat. I couldn't hit the I couldn't hit the ball off a square, so you know. Needed all the help I could get. Ah, oh, false modesty. It's true though. <laughs> he was. He saw it. Chad saw it. Yeah, you, you should see the pictures in the Central Coast, Tim. <laughs> that's that's not what they say in South Wales. It was North Wales. The, <laughs> oh, well, oh, look, the grounds are postage look, stamps. You, okay. If you, if you didn't hit the ball off the square, it was only another five meters to the to the fence. So you're playing on Maiden's Brush every game, basically. <laughs> uh, Is this small Central Coast Chuck? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this probably won't make the final cut, but yeah, basically, basically, Davistown Oval, circa two thousand and three. <laughs> leg glances, just leg glancing. Yeah, leg glancing. We went public school with the thirty meter boundaries on one side because they had they had the outdoor basketball court. No, oh, yeah, the the like the fielding circle is actually longer than the boundary. With his like... size four puma bat. <laughs> Hey, sorry, Bez. Are you allowed to say Puma? I thought with your uh, lifetime deal with Kookaburra, you weren't allowed to mention. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. I was, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen. Chad- oh man, yeah, no, I'm talking about Bez's bat, not my bat. Yeah, okay. I thought you're not allowed to mention any other brand. Sold his soul to the. I've probably oh, no. still got that somewhere. <laughs> I can show you some cookers while I've got them here in the room, if you like. <laughs> Should have put them in the background. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you take them in every room? Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Mate, how you didn't My get? Surely you've you've got a shoe in job at, at Kookaburra at some point because I don't remember you in any other gear. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I haven't haven't had any other gear, and I'm um, very proud of it. Um, I know Cameron Eve now. I'm throwing his name out there. He's the New South Wales rep for Kookaburra, and he's a Northern Districts boy. And uh, if you're listening, Cameron, uh, I would love a job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tim Payne was going to do, and all of a sudden he got given the Australian captaincy. So. I was going to say that the long. The longer that he's, he's captain, there's going to be probably another job. You might have to move to uh, Hobart, though. Yeah, game on, then. Good cricket down there. <laughs> Good for a dibbly dobber seamer that does it, you know, moves it moves it both ways. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I- I've just looked at the time, and time has flown. But, Chad Sober, thank you so much for joining the Emerging Cricket Podcast. It was a long time coming. Glad to finally have you on. 
hopefully we get to see you in Barramundi colours very soon. But good luck in all your cricketing endeavours, both here and for the Barramundis. And once again, thanks for joining us uh, on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, boys. It's been a pleasure to be on. And um, you know, I'll be following uh, everything that's going on in emerging cricket in the in the future and uh, at the top of my Facebook feed. So Tim, Nick, Bez, always a pleasure. A huge thank you again to Chad Sober for joining us over the last two weeks of the Emerging Cricket Podcast. That's everything in the Emerging Game this week. Make sure to subscribe to the Emerging Cricket Podcast if you haven't done so already so you can tune in as soon as it drops every week. Pass the pot around and make sure to give us a five-star review. We will wrap ODI Super League and we'll chat all things Cricket World Cup formats on next week's show. If you want to support us financially, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Emerging Cricket where you can support us from as little as $2 US a month. That will get you extended cuts of a number of our shows. And you also have a say on the show's direction. For now, on behalf of Nick Skinner, Tim Culler, and myself, Daniel Baswick, and everyone at Emerging Cricket, see you next week.